Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What is the burning in the bosom? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. But we also have with us Earl Erskine. He's been with us this whole week, and he is talking about his experience as a Latter-day Saint, his coming to faith in the Jesus Christ of the Bible. He wrote a book titled Fatal Flaws of the LDS Church, A Cracked Foundation, A Surprising Discovery, and a Former Bishop's Pursuit of Truth. Welcome you back to the show. Thank you. It's been very fascinating for us to, to hear your story. The first chapter in your book is titled The Burning in the Bosom. So for our listeners to understand what in the world are you talking about when you use that expression, I'm going to have you explain what that means to a Latter-day Saint, because I'm sure Latter-day Saints are very familiar with that term. Yes, I'm sure they are. I decided to start the book, chapter one, kind of explaining testimony and where the emotions, the feelings, the facts, the faith, how those all intermix and the burning in the bosom. The burning bosom actually comes from Doctrine and Covenants, section 9, verse 8. It says, But behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind, that you must ask me if it be right. And if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore, you shall feel that it is right. And I felt like it was important to set the stage to the Latter-day Saint reading the book, and I hope many do, but just to have them stop and think about what it is that they're they're putting their faith in is it is it just emotions is it really facts are are they built on feelings and i just felt like there was a, a reliance so much on feelings and expecting the holy spirit to to teach you that's the way the book of mormon promises at the end you know if you read the book and pray about it that you'll get an answer and by the gift of the Holy Ghost, you'll know the truth of all things, how that goes. But it's your fault if you don't get a good answer. It's not the Holy Ghost's fault. It's not the fault or a flaw in the Book of Mormon. It's because you're not faithful. You're not understanding. You're not sincere enough or have enough faith. Bill likes to call that the Kobayashi Maru of more of this religion. (laughs) Bill, what do you mean by that, Kobayashi Maru? Well, it's the no-win scenario. When it comes to, for instance, praying about the Book of Mormon, you have to have that, you know, sincerity and a real intent and have a faith in Christ. But if you were to read the book as the missionaries tell you to read it, and let's say they came back the next week and you explained, well, I I did what you said and I didn't get it. Yeah. And it's, like you said, it's never the book's fault. It's never the church's fault. It's never... Joseph Smith's fault or the fault of the leadership, it's always your fault. The, the fingers always go pointing back to you. You need to get your act yeah. together. You know, feelings are so important in the church, and I understand that. And it's a very difficult topic to even talk about because we have families, we have our little children, we have wonderful experiences in life, marriages, even baptisms, and, and the experiences that we have in life, they just give us good feelings, but they don't 
prove the church is true. You can have good feelings about all kinds of things, and they don't prove the church is true. I've always looked at it this way. It's the same with tradition. Christianity has its traditions, and there are a lot of groups that profess to be Christian that have their own traditions. And I'm not so much against traditions. I'm only against traditions that cross the line of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And couldn't that be said of feelings? We all have our feelings. I have my emotions. Sometimes I can go to church and really feel a buzz. Sometimes nothing at all. That doesn't mean Christianity is false. Right. It's just that's the way it is. But couldn't feelings fall into that same category? There's really nothing wrong with feelings as long as they don't cross the bounds of Scripture. And that you're still willing to look at facts. That's probably the thing. In July 2020, the Ensign had a series of articles about what to do with people when they leave the church. And what was interesting about it, they told the people in those articles to pray more, to support them, to have encourage them to read the Book of Mormon, encourage them to go to church. But the one thing none of them talked about was study more, look more, learn what you're doing, and help the person that's having questions learn more and study the, the concerns and what you do. So you, it was never encouraged to study more. Bill Bright had a track called The Four Spiritual Laws, and in the track he had a illustration of an, a train. In the beginning was the first car was the engine, second was the middle car, and then the third would be the caboose. And he talked about facts, faith, and feelings versus what you have said here, feelings, facts, and faith. Yeah. Bill and I have never been Latter-day Saints, so we have never experienced what you have experienced. Was the burning in the bosom a real thing? Is that something that consumes you and you really know it is true based on the prayer that you have given, based on Moroni 10, 4, and 5? It's amazing. It, it's there. I had the burning in the bosom many times. I mean, when you, as a bishop and giving blessings and uh, whether they were health blessings or, or whatever kind of blessings, but yeah, and I prayed about the Book of Mormon, and I had that burning in my bosom. Actually, when I was 12, and when I, I was 16, when I was a priest, the missionaries came in and gave us the first vision discussion, the flannel board thing, and my heart was just pounding. I just knew the church was true, and there was just no, no question. It's a very important part. So I praise God that I was willing to work or was able to work through the the burning in the bosom enough to, to look at the facts. And now my faith in the Bible and my faith in Jesus is just so much stronger than it, than it was. I think we can learn from that, Earl, as never being Latter-day Saints, because I have read and I have even experienced hearing some well-meaning Christians kind of mock that feeling that burning in the bosom that many Latter-day Saints have. And I've always been cautious about that because that is something that's very real to them. And I think if we treat it lightly, even though we may not agree with them that this feeling is coming from the Holy Spirit, or as they would say, the Holy Ghost, it is something that's very real to them. And I think we have to be sensitive to the fact that if this is something that's very real, we need to handle that subject very delicately. I simply ask when they tell me that the Holy Spirit told them these things were true, my basic question is, okay, as an outsider, I just want to know, how do you know that's the Holy Spirit? And 
it didn't sound like from what you've told us that you had a lot of facts backing up these feelings. Well, that and the fact that when you had a good feeling, it just proved the church was true. You know, when an athlete who's a Mormon passes and does a touchdown, the church is true. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You celebrate celebrities, and that just proves the church is true. And, and all the other good feelings that we have in life, that was a, a, a huge thing for, for us to have these strong feelings. And anyway, I just wanted to present the fact that there might be an alternative, that we really ought to look at what the source of our feelings are and and if they really if maybe applying an Occam's razor concept is this really the best support for our foundation if i were a latter day saint i would ask you well earl do you have feelings now as a professed evangelical christian you know it's interesting i i feel my foundation is just so rooted in jesus and grace and what he did for me it's now not about me it's about jesus I'm a sinner, and I don't uh, have anything to offer. I'm trusting in Jesus to having paid for my sins, and he will welcome me into heaven. Earl, you cite John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32 on page 37, and it says, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you explain that Jesus wasn't afraid of evidence, or he wasn't offended by people who asked for it. But a Latter-day Saint might say that faith is more important than the facts. And a Mormon might assume that Christianity is all about facts and knowledge, not about faith. Do you have feelings? Should we have feelings? How important is it for us to be able to have the faith that Jesus is talking about? (laughs) Golden question there. (laughs) I think it's just a challenge to uh, to 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 stir to yourself with with facts and and to study the Bible, and to kind of come up with a with a foundation, a confidence in Jesus. Again, what He did. I talk about an experience. It's probably TMI, but I got out of the shower once uh, in the last ten years after being Christian, and I. Uh, reflected back all of a sudden on the days when I used to put on my garments. And I looked at my, thought about that, and I thought, you know, those garments represent what I did. They represent my tithing and my attendance at church and all the good things I did. And now I put on the cross, and it represents what Jesus did. So it's not about me anymore. It's about what he did for me. Earl, what advice do you have for Christian believers who want to successfully share their faith with their Latter-day Saint friends and family members, and they want them to deal with this issue, but they don't want to be condescending, as Bill was talking about? What is your advice for them? I've had a lot of phone calls about this, and it's, it's, it's a difficult situation, and each one's different, and you don't know what it is that's going to impact somebody. I don't think anybody could have said to me, 30 or 40 years ago, hey, you're going to read an 1830 Book of Mormon, it's going to change your life. So you never know what God has in store. I always pray for guidance, and I pray that God will bring into other people's lives His Spirit and His uh, His way of handling that person particularly. And it, it, it is a real challenge, because people don't want to hear, and they they react negatively to it, and then you close off the discussion. I'd be gentle. You always talk about being gentle and kind in your introduction and so on, and uh, and that's what it needs to be. 
needs to be very peaceful. As much as we emphasize that passage, I always use the expression, when you're talking to a Latter-day Saint, to have the biggest John 3.16 smile you can muster. Yeah. And even with some Latter-day Saints, you can be as kind as you want to be, but the fact is, nobody likes their truth claims challenged. So I think Christians, we need to understand that We don't need to make the situation worse when we're challenging somebody about something as sensitive as what they believe. We don't need to make it worse by being obnoxious or arrogant or condescending, mocking, or anything like that. This is something that's very serious to the Latter-day Saints, as it was something that was very serious to you. And we need to understand that as we are starting to present our evidence. We're going to present our case. And of course, depending on the individual you're talking to and where the the soft areas are for them, that's (laughs) the areas we want to tackle. And we have to do it with gentleness and grace. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book is I'm hoping it'll sit on somebody's coffee table and somebody will pick it up and, and without knowing God's going to talk to them. Fatal Flaws of the LDS Church. If you want to get a copy of this book, it's available by going to the website mscbc.org, mscbc.org, or you can pick it up on amazon.com. Tomorrow we're going to be finishing our conversation with Earl Erskine. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.